Welcome to the HR Chat Show, one of the world's most downloaded and shared podcasts designed for HR pros, talent execs, tech enthusiasts, and business leaders. For hundreds more episodes and what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and joining me on this episode is Tara Attire, Chief People and Diversity Officer over at a little-known company called Hootsuite. Tara joined Hootsuite in 2020 as VP People and was announced as Hootsuite's first Chief People and Diversity Officer later the same year. Tara leads Hootsuite's employee experience and diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives across the organization globally and has more than 15 years of experience working in all aspects of HR, particularly in SaaS technology and service companies. Hey, Tara, welcome to the show today. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here and happy to answer questions that you have for me. Let's start by getting to know you a little bit. Tell us a bit about your career backgrounds and how you got to your current role. I started my professional career in the, the services industry, the professional services industry. Um, and, you know, I always had this little, I, well, I, I don't want to say little, but I had curiosity around the technology industry um, just because of the rapid pace and, you know, the amount of change that you go through. And so I remember, um, you know, what, what I now call my personal board of directors, which was just a, a collection of mentors uh, at the time that I had approached about going into technology um, because there was an opportunity at a tech company based in Vancouver, Canada here um, that, uh, that had a role that I thought would be great for me. And, and I remember one of my mentors at the time saying, absolutely not. Do not go into tech. It changes all the time. Um, you know, there are layoffs, there's uncertainty, there's bubbles that pop and, and so on and so forth. Um, but I couldn't shake that curiosity. Uh, so I decided to do it anyway. Um, I took the role. I think I joined in September. And by January, um, you know, we had announced that we were merging with another company. There would be some layoffs, lots of changes. Um, so it was one of those moments where you, you have to be careful what you wish for, um, but it's uh, been a master's class in, um, in change management, in, um, you know, how to approach uh, the uncomfortable and be okay with the uncomfortable. And so, um, you know, when I, when I talk about going to the job market, I often say it's sort of like going to the carnival. You have to pick which ride you want to get on. Uh, some people love the Ferris wheel. There's highs and lows, consistent speed. Uh, I'm the roller coaster gal, so get me on that roller coaster. Sometimes I feel like growing up. Sometimes I feel exhilarated. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, excited to be on this journey. And so, um, you know, I joined Food Suite two and a half weeks before the pandemic took hold. And, um, you know, we, I basically was onboarding for the first six months without meeting people in person. Um, as many people who joined new companies uh, had to experience during the pandemic. And, and we were going through an immense amount of change at Hootsuite. So it's been sort of my, my theme, lots of change, lots of transformation, um, lots of fast moving uh, organizations that uh, are ready to, to move along their trajectory and, and transform and scale. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the HR Chat Show. IEA training provides professional development to a changing workforce with changing needs. And we're proud to support this episode of the HR Chat Podcast. IEA offers lots of courses, webinars, and on-demand training to meet our students where they are and help them reach their goals. We're proud of our contribution to better risk analysis and high operating standards in the industry. Learn more at ieatraining.org. And now, back to the conversation. Okay, so in 30 seconds or less, what's the best thing about your job? The best thing about my job is the people I get to work with. I know it's cliche, but I have such amazing people around me that just inspire me every day. That was well under 30 seconds. Good work. And of course you do because you're based in beautiful Vancouver. Uh, Regular listeners of this show will know that even though I've got a silly accent, I'm a proud Canadian with a Canadian passport. And I love Vancouver. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. If you've never been there, uh, get over there. It's awesome. Um, Okay. Now then, can you describe a specific initiative or program that you've implemented at Hootsuite since you joined? uh, And you mentioned there for the first little while, you're in your pajamas because you weren't meeting anybody in person. Sounds pretty fun. Um, Since you you joined Hootsuite uh, to foster a sense of belonging amongst employees and what were the key components of its success and what challenges did you encounter along the way? Yeah, I um, we definitely didn't have to wear button-up pants for for the first little while, so that was um, that was great. And uh, we were inviting everybody into our homes, um, <laughs> and so there was instant belonging there in some respects. But I would say one of the key initiatives um, that we really were intentional about was uh, employee resource groups. And, um, you know, form, uh, we also call them, we call them ERGs, employee resource groups internally. Um, and uh, we, we intentionally rolled these out um, in 2021 to support and foster a sense of belonging amongst our employees in the underrepresented communities. Um, so we asked our employees for feedback on the types of resource groups that they would like to see. Um, and we embarked in the, on that journey. It's still a journey we're on today. We're rolling them out um, as we go and as there's a need from our employee base. Um, so we have a number of ERGs. We have our Black Employee ERG, our Women's ERG, our Neurodiversity ERG, our Pride ERG, our Asian ERG our ERG for parents, and we just recently rolled out one for our Latinx community, um, and that was from high demand uh, that we, we heard from our employees. I would say that, you know, in terms of the key components or measures of success, one of the things we do at Hootsuite is we do a ton of listening with our employees, and so um, we, measured, uh, we measured belonging rates. And so when we measured belonging rates in uh, 2020, then again in 2021, and then 2022, and we're about to do it again in 2023 for Q4, um, you know, one of the things we saw was a 10 point, uh, a 10 percentage point jump in our belonging rates. Um, And so that, you know, that indicated for us that 
people were feeling um, that these ERGs were contributing to their sense of belonging at Hootsuite. Um, you know, in terms of your question about challenges, this is not without challenge, right? I mean, the DE&I journeys that, that companies go on, uh, it's tough. It's like building a muscle, right? And you have to lift 10 pounds before you can lift 20 pounds and 30 and so on and so forth. So, you have to push yourself and it can be hard work. Um, I would say one of the challenges we faced was really making sure that we had the right framework for success. So, um, you know, we had a couple of speed bumps with the first one. We, people weren't really sure about their roles and responsibilities in those ERGs. So we have chairs of the ERGs. We have co-chairs for every ERG. So there's two, two people who co-chair each one of them. And then we also have executive sponsors. And so, you know, maybe like really getting clear on what the roles and responsibilities are for members, for chairs, and for executive sponsors was an important, um, an important challenge that we had to overcome to make sure that everybody felt like they were clear on, um, on the framework. And, uh, you know, once we, we figured that out and defined that, we created a scalable model that we could then apply to further ERGs as they, um, as they were rolled out within our business. So it's something we're, we're still um, on this journey with and, and um, you know, it's an important factor in our belonging score here. Once in a while an event series is born that shakes things up, it makes you think differently, and it leaves you inspired. That event is Disrupt HR. The format is 14 speakers, 5 minutes each, and slides rotate every 15 seconds. If you're an HR professional, a CEO, a technologist, or a community leader and you've got something to say about talent, culture, or technology, Disrupt is the place. It's coming soon to a city near you. Learn more at disrupthr.co. Let's talk about AI because uh, you can't not talk about AI at the moment on any episode of any HR podcast out there. Um, how is that helping and how is it maybe even hindering your role when it comes to ensuring um, that DEI initiatives are, are working out, um, are improving things? So maybe that's in, in terms of uh, sourcing, in terms of the recruiting process, the onboarding process. Uh, you know, I, I'm still not convinced that uh, a lot of these technologies are not without some sort of inherent biases within them uh, due to those who create them. What are your thoughts? How, how are they helping? How are they hindering? Yeah, it's a great question. It's one we're constantly talking about, um, not just within Hootsuite, but I'm talking to my peers in the marketplace about we're trying to figure out um, this space and how we leverage this. Um, one of the things we are looking at doing in the UK is partnering with an organization who um, actually helps remove bias from, uh, and it's through AI, um, through some of the interviewing processes. So we're looking at technologies like that. We also use a technology internally, an AI technology that analyzes our job descriptions and our job descriptions, you know, to, to remove bias from them. But I think part of the, the comment that you made there was around, are these fraught with bias, which is a question mark that we have, right? And so when we look to partner with different, or different organizations that um, have these AI platforms, um, 
we want to make sure that DE&I is important to them, right? I don't know if you've heard the old YouTube example of developing um, the the upload tool for video from your phone, but um, one of the things that they did was they couldn't figure out why a really, um, you know, it was, it was under 10%, but a percentage of their videos were uploaded upside down. This is before the, the phone would actually flip the video automatically for you. And it was because they didn't have any left-hand developers. And they didn't realize that when they were testing it and QAing the product that, um, you know, it, people hold their phones differently um, on different sides. So if you're left-handed, you're holding the, the camera on a different angle. Um, and so things like that are important. Like you want to partner with organizations that are focused on having a diverse workforce so that uh, the people developing these softwares are um, trying to mitigate bias in their platform. You know, open AI is another question. And it's um, it's really an interesting one. Hootsuite uses Owly Writer, which is great. Um, that's our AI uh, tool. And so um, we're leveraging that. It makes it easier for employees to get their messages across on our on our social networks. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a constant discussion for us. I don't have any perfect answers about it. Um, it's something I'm learning about and, you know, and I can see the whole gamut of um, perspectives on it. Some people are really anxious about AI and others are thinking this is the greatest thing ever. Um, so I think it's going to land in the middle and we need to make sure that we have the right knowledge and governance around it um, and that we're looking at it through the lens of, of DE&I. Okay, let's talk about how you prove this stuff out to, to the top table, how you collaborate with senior leadership. I chat to a lot of HR and people leaders on this show. Of course, surprise, surprise, has got HR in the title. Often they tell me that it's a struggle to have a seat at the top table and um, they'll be overshadowed by maybe the CFO or the, the chief marketing officer or the COO, other departments. How do you collaborate with your senior leadership integrate diversity and inclusion principles into your overall strategy while also trying to empower employees at all levels and and what do you what are your cases what do you point to what are your data points to prove it out yeah i think i think part of it is looking at the business case for this um through a general business lens rather than an hr lens um i think it's it's always easy when you're an expert in your field to become myopic about um, you know, the topic and really um, focus, but really part of this is really a communication strategy, right? Understanding your audience um, and understanding what their drivers are and, you know, and then tying in your business case to make sure that they understand what the measures of success are and why this is a business imperative. For us, one of the things we talk about as a leadership team and executive team when it comes to diversity in the workforce is that it's so important that we build products that represent the people that um, buy them. And our customer base is so diverse. We're a global organization. Um, so it is a business imperative for us to have a diverse workforce. And, you know, you um, you can't have just a diverse workforce. You need people who are going to be highly productive and highly engaged at work. And that's where the sense of belonging and inclusion come in. And in order to make them feel that way, you need to have that commitment to equity. 
Um, and so that's really how we talk about things with our, our leadership team. And, and um, you know, there, the, I think that the societal pressures have also helped a lot of HR leaders. I know when I've talked to peers of mine in the industry, um, you know, some of the, the recent events and, and societal traumas that we've gone through in this space have really helped contribute to elevating that conversation within leadership teams. Um, but you also need to make sure you're measuring things, right? So measuring things gets things done uh, in a different way. So um, we are looking to create that allyship um, and also make sure that um, we're measuring our success. And, you know, when we were hiring last year, we, we hired, um, we had a 70% growth rate in terms of our hiring. And we committed when we hired that um, 70 plus percent of those people would identify from underrepresented groups. And so we hit that target and we did it at the same speed that we would normally be able to hire at, which I think also proves out the case for our leaders that this is doable. And, um, you know, we just, and our inclusion rates go up, um, our sense of belonging, um, and, uh, and it's, it's, there's so much goodness for the organization in that, um, in that conversation. Terry, you're not going to believe this. We are already coming towards the end of this particular conversation uh we have found out that the average episode is 23 minutes uh so <laughs> our wonderful audience uh they have that kind of attention span so we'll uh try and keep within those parameters um two more questions for you before we do wrap up based on your experience and the successes that you've mentioned so far of course well what actionable advice would you give to organizations that are just starting or looking to improve their initiatives or fostering a sense of belonging maybe as part of that are there any best practices or, or pitfalls that you want to stress that they should avoid or, or, or perhaps you should uh, uh, point out? And I want you to do all of that. Give me that two-part answer in two minutes or less. Go. Okay. Speeding through. Um, I would say the core to success or the core to success here is not a secret sauce. It's about um, listening, 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 listening to your employees to the leaders around you, being very intentional about listening, whether that means focus groups, listening sessions with your underrepresented groups, um, and, and surveying, just not shying away from holding space for voices um, within your organization and having those difficult conversations. It helps build trust within your company and within the leadership team and um, doing that with empathy. So understanding that your people um, bring themselves to work, it, they are not robots. <laughs> they are coming with their personal baggage and it's really paramount to, to lead with empathy, which is why I know a lot of HR leaders are, are listening and saying, obviously, we've been saying this for decades now. Um, and then I think the other key here is being willing to provide choice and flexibility. I could talk for a long time, Bill, about these distributed workforce strategies and hybrid work and, and what's happening in corporate America now. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we've recognized is that in order to support our people, we, we can't make assumptions about their unique needs or motivations. We have to make sure that we have enough flexibility within the employer value proposition that we're adding 
to give them choice within their their benefits, within their employment structure, et cetera. And so that's a really key component. Um, and I think when you're not listening, that's when you start to face uh, challenges with your employee base. So I can't emphasize enough that listening is so important. Are you listening, listeners? Are you listening? Okay, we are just about to wrap up here, Tara. Before we do, um, I want to direct people to your super cool LinkedIn profile because your banner says "Ruffle some feathers," which I think is pretty cool. And you are connected <laughs> to my mate Matt Burns, who used to be based in Vancouver. Matt Burns, uh, he moved out to Ottawa. He spoke at uh, Disrupt HR London, which I organised earlier this week as we record this episode in the middle of September. Lovely chap. Check out Matt Burns' talk on the Disrupt website. That just leaves me to say for today. Day. thank you very much for being my guest thank you so much for having me bill i really appreciate it and i look forward to chatting with you soon and there will of course listeners be more links to hootsuite and other places in the show notes that just leaves me to say for today as always listeners happy working thanks for listening to the hr chat show if you enjoyed this episode why not subscribe and listen to some of the hundreds of episodes published by hr gazette And remember, for what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.